Welcome to the Mosaic Church Podcast, where we share with you the message of hope and love that lies at the core of the Christian faith. Our weekly sermons delve into the teachings of the Bible and how they can impact our daily lives, inspiring us to journey together towards a deeper understanding of God's infinite love. Join our community of believers as we embrace the power of faith and embark on a transformative spiritual journey. Mosaic Church in Mableton, Georgia exists to lead people to an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ to help them change the world. Now, please enjoy this message from Pastor Broderick Santiago, lead pastor of Mosaic Church. safe to say that none of us want to feel like we've wasted the time that we've been given, right? If we, if we just pause today and look at where we are today, this part of the year in December, December 15th, we don't, we don't want to, or 14th or 15th, 14th, sorry about that, I'm rushing, you see, I'm rushing time. But if we look today and say, you know what, I, I, I want to make sure, here we are at the end of the year, I want to make sure that I did everything that I wanted to do. I want to make sure that I kept every promise to my children that I told them I would do. I want to make sure that I spent my time well. I want to make sure that everything that I did this year counted. And, and if you're like me, this part of the year, it should be a, a time of, of, of joy and laughter and fun. But I'll be honest, it's right around Thanksgiving that I begin to get a little bit depressed. And let me tell you why I get depressed. Because I write down goals for myself every year. And right around, right after Thanksgiving... I am burdened with the, with the calls to go and grab those goals and look at them and see how far I've come. And I'm afraid of looking at them, right? I'm afraid of looking at them because, you know, oftentimes, like the beginning of the year, we're, 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 we're keeping score. We're, we're tracking, you know. It's like, man, you know, you set your New Year's resolution. I want to work out this much, and I want to eat healthy. I want to do this. I want to do that. And so for the first quarter of the year, you're checking it off. Like you're, you're, you're mastering your task list. list. But then... Somewhere around summertime, toward the fall, we fall off, and we stop keeping track of the goals that we set. And then right around Thanksgiving, you begin to think, if you're like me, this is just me, oh my goodness, did I really accomplish all that I set out to accomplish? And if I didn't, man, time is ticking. There's only this much month left. There's only this. Watch this. December is very, very, very important month. Not because it's my birthday or Dion's birthday or, 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 or Joseph's birthday or anybody's birthday. December is not only the last month of the year. It's, it's, it's it. So normally in June, you can say, I got this much month left. But in December, you say, I got this much month left, and I also have just this much year left to accomplish my goals. It gets a little scary. And so you begin to look like if you're like me and say, you know what? I still have work to do. And I get a little bit discouraged and depressed. Why? Because I want to feel like I'm living the purpose that God has meant for me to live. And this is why I set goals at the beginning of the year to make sure that I'm intentional about fulfilling those things. So when I have to look back at them, I'm, I, I'm a little depressed or discouraged. Because truth is, like you, 
and me, many of us have not done all that we set out to do. It should be a time where I celebrate, but I get a little discouraged. Here, here, here's what I want to share with you. We want to know what God wants us to do with our lives, right? And we want to make sure that we do exactly those things to please him. So how do we figure that out before it's too late? This is what we're going to talk about today, how we figure this out before it's too late. Last week, I used the scriptures, a scripture in Ecclesiastes, and, and, and we talked about seasons. And, and, and the analogy or, or the illustration I used was that of a harvest, right? And, and I kept talking about those kale greens, about if you plant a seed in the wrong season, uh, you can't expect to get a harvest. Like I was on my wife about planting those kale greens during the summer, and, and, and nothing happened. Why? Because kale is not a summer crop, Right? So I'm planting the wrong crop in the wrong season, but then I'm upset when nothing happens when I think it's supposed to happen. But what happened was I planted the wrong seed in the wrong season, so I shouldn't expect a harvest. And a lot of times, that's what we've done with our time. We've planted seeds in, with our time in the wrong things. We've planted seeds with our time with the wrong people. We've planted seeds with our time with the wrong type of careers. We've planted seeds with our time with our resources going to the wrong type of things. Things that don't give us life but give us a moment of happiness. And so today I'm going to use another agricultural if you will, Scripture, still sticking with this idea of seed, time, and harvest. If you have your notes, you'll find this Scripture there, Galatians 6, 7. And I'm going to be reading uh, one, of, one, of, one of the versions that I really like. It, it gets like in your face. I'm going to be reading from the message version today. Galatians 6, 7 through 10, you find these words. Don't be misled. No one makes a fool of God. What a person plants, he will harvest. The person who plants selfishness, ignoring the needs of others, ignoring God, harvests a crop of weeds. Okay? All he'll have to show for his life is weeds. But the one who plants in response to God, letting God's spirit do the growth work in him, harvests a crop of real life, eternal life. Verse 9. So let's not allow ourselves to get fatigued doing good. At the right time, we will harvest a good crop if we don't give up or quit. Right now. Say that with me. Right now, right now, therefore, every time we get the chance, that's right now, every time we get the chance, let us work for the benefit of all, starting with the people closest to us in the community of faith. I'm going to take that scripture right now and pause and say thank you all who received the message via social media. Thank you all who were here last week and heard me say that today... We're all wearing black to stand in solidarity all across this nation, many churches, to stand in solidarity, to stand up for unjust acts against people. And it's for all people, but specifically in this season and during this time, 
it's really people of color, young black men, to be honest with you. It's all over the news. And I know that there are atrocities happening to people of other nationalities and other races and other cultures. I get that. But right now, the spotlight is on young African-American men. And this is why this nation has become united. This is why this nation is marching. What we have going on right now, my brothers and sisters, the media will spin it and say, it's not quite a movement. Doggone it, it's a movement when you got people all over the country standing together in solidarity. When you have people of different nationalities and backgrounds holding up signs saying black lives matter, it's an issue all across this country. It's not a racial issue. It's a cultural issue. It's a justice issue. And I've had, as I've made just very few remarks on social media and stuff, I've had people question me. Seriously. I've had people say, focus on Christ. Focus on the gospel. Focus on Jesus. You know, Jesus is all about love. And I says, I get that. But do you know that our faith called Christianity was born out of a man who came for people who were treated unjustly? People that had a different color of skin. People that were from a different culture that were denied the living God. Jesus came to bring those people to that God. Our faith was built and born from a place of serving people who were treated unjustly. So I dare you, how dare you, stand and tell me to just focus on the gospel. My brother, my sister, read the gospel and see what Jesus did. And so today I thank you all during this time for wearing your black as we stand in solidarity with many of our Christian brothers and sisters all over this land. Churches everywhere are doing this. And at the end of service, don't run off. We want to do a group picture, and yet we want to participate in the social media move to show that, hey, we did participate in this. And there will be so many more things we'll do. So thank you for that. Right now, therefore, every time we get the chance... Let us work for the benefit of all, starting with the people closest to us in the community of faith. Many times the Bible uses uh, harvesting or agriculture to illustrate what it means when, it, when you talk about growth, when, you, when, it, when you're talking about uh, uh, a newness, if you will, if you're talking about an increase. And, and so oftentimes the focus is on the seed, the time, and the harvest. Oftentimes, when you read Scripture, the focus is on the seed. We always know there's a seed somewhere planted. And we always know that somewhere in there, there's a harvest that's going to happen. But a lot of times where we miss it is the time. It's the time. I shared with you all several weeks ago about a mentee of mine, a high schooler that I was working with, and I, I really didn't think they were going to get it. I firmly believed that I had planted a good seed. I had watered it. I fertilized it. I did everything that, the, that, that, that I know to do when it comes to mentoring. I made personal calls. I, I tried to get to events, and I just did not think these, this kid got it, neither him nor his peers. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to focus on elementary and middle school because they're fresh. They're sponges. They want to get this. These high school kids have made up their mind. Little did I know that that seed would happen over time. Because, see, this is what I wanted. 
I planted that seed, and I wanted instant gratification. I, 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 what I did was plant a chia pet seed, and I wanted it to happen overnight. Come on, y'all know about the chia pets. Don't leave me out here by myself. I planted a chia pet seed and wanted that to happen. I, well, let me say this. I planted an eternal seed, but I wanted chia pet results. That's why I gave up. But then one night in my subdivision, I drive past said young man and his friend. And, 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 you know, I just blew my horn and waved. And Gus, who's not here with me today, was with, he was a witness. So I get in the house, and it's dark outside, and the doorbell rings, and I answer it, and it's that minty. I was like, where's his friend at? He's standing on the side of the house. I'm like, oh, they about to do the whammy on me. I'm all right. They don't know where I'm from, man. I, I could throw them things, you know. I, hey. And so he literally stopped. This kid that I'd given up on and says, listen, I just want to tell you, thank you for investing time and energy into me. And thank you for putting me on the right track. Here's what I've been doing. And he goes on to tell me that he did not finish school. He decided that he, there was so much work for him to do, he just couldn't do it. So he, he went to a program that's available for young men called the Challenge Program with the National Guard. He went through that program and actually graduated ahead of schedule. And he's in college now, and he's doing very good, and he wants to do community service. And so he says, I just want to thank you, and I just wanted to know if you could help my friend too. If I just focused on the time and been more patient with this young man. And you and I are just the same way. And so let me, let me get to what I really want to talk about because I want the time is not a renewable resource. Time is of the essence. Time is of the essence. I want to share with you two Greek words. I don't have them in your notes, but you can find them. They're very common Greek words. You've you probably heard these. When we think of time, biblically speaking, there are two Greek words that are used throughout the Bible to describe time. There's one Greek word that goes by that, that we say chronos. Say chronos. Chronos. You've heard chronos. Chronos is just exactly what it is. Chronological or sequence time. Matter of fact, chronos is like the watch. It's your clock. It's your it's it's sequence time. It's the minutes, the seconds, and the hours of the day. That's chronos or chronos or, or that, that that's what chronos time is. Then there's this other word I really want to spend a whole lot of time talking about today, and that's kairos. Say kairos with me. Kairos. There's there's Kairos time. Now, Kairos time is a little bit different. Matter of fact, a lot different than Chronos time. Kairos time is 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 moments. It's the right moment. And, and we read about the, those are like those God moments. The Kairos time is those things that happen that 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 you don't have on your schedule that you don't account for on your calendar. It's those things that happen uh, that only God can do. It's God moments. It's those moments where you're like, you know what? This thing that happened to me that had to be God because it certainly was not something I planned. It's those miracles that happen to you right at the nick of time. It's those moments where you say, you know what? God is always on time. It's Kairos is those God moments. And, and, and today I want to focus on getting more God moments in our lives because time is of the essence. Because time is of the essence, the first thing you ought to do is count your minutes. 
count your mean minutes. And I mean that literally and figuratively. Count your minutes. And what I mean by that is make every minute of your very existence count. Everything you do, make it count. Count your minutes. Here, here's the thing I know, that, that, that each and every one of us have exactly the same amount of time each day. Each and every one of us have exactly 1,440 1,440 minutes in a day. Each and every one of us have those. But the key is, what are you doing with those? What are you doing with those to make it count? Psalms 90, 12 says this, teach us to realize the brevity of life so that we may grow in wisdom. I love that scripture. Teach us to realize how short life, how fragile life, how, how not permanent life is so that we can gain wisdom. What does that mean? I think that if we realize just how short our real existence is, is, is here on earth, I think that the decisions we make will become wiser. I think that what we choose to spend our time on will become wiser. I think that we will make better decisions on what we do with our time, with our time with our resources, if we really realize how short life is. I've seen a pastor preach a sermon, sermon one time, and I love it. He says, you know, what if you had just one day to live? What would you do? And, and it was a big, a big church uh, marketing thing, and it was so beautiful. And they did it at the end of the year, and everybody had to, you know, one day left to live. What would you do? And everybody began to write down all of this stuff, and it was like, oh, it was powerful. Everybody's excited. Like, oh, if I had one day, I would climb Count Mount Kilimanjaro. If I had one day to live, I would do this, and I would do that. And it's, it's like, okay, cool, but you technically do have one day to live because you do not know that you are promised tomorrow. All you have is what you have now. You do not know what the hours are. We don't know what tomorrow brings. We don't know what the next hour is. All you have is what you have right now, which is the presence. So you technically have that. And and, and I always say this, if fear or money was not an option, if it was not a factor, what would you do? If fear or money was not an object or factor, what would you do with your time? What would you do? Honestly, you, you know, you, what would we do? Count your minutes. Teach us. This scripture says, teach us to realize the brevity of life so that we may grow in wisdom. In other words, teach us how to count what really counts to you. Teach us to count what really counts to you, God. Teach us so that we may make the most of the time that we have. That minute just happened a minute ago is gone. I can't get it back. That second, I can't, I can't get it back. That moment, I, ca- I can't get it back. It, it doesn't come back. I'll be back next Sunday, but that moment that just happened is gone. You cannot get them back. Make every single minute, every single moment count. Because time is of the essence, count your minutes. Second thing you ought to do, because time is of the essence, you need to create moments with your minutes. Create moments with your minutes. Many of you don't remember 
what I said 15 minutes ago. I don't expect you to. It's fine. That's why I give you notes so that you can go back and say, you know what? He said something. I know exactly. I don't know exactly what it was, but I liked it. So I can go back to my notes and see what he said and listen to the podcast, which is on our app, which is almost complete. So get ready for the launch. It's pretty dope. I've already been playing with it. And so we're just working out a few technical things. But if you want to download it now in advance, you may go to iTunes, Mosaic Church. Uh, There's several options, but you know our logo. Click on that. You can download it and you have it. And guess what's in the app? My sermon notes. Yeah, how about that? You can get the sermon notes right off the app. So, so check that out. Create moments with your time, with your minutes. Create moments with your minutes. The other day, there was, uh, I, I attend the All Pro Dads events here at the school every month. They have them. I don't miss it. And if you're not familiar with All Pro Dads, it's an opportunity where right before school starts, all of the dads get to have breakfast with their children for 45 minutes. And we have, uh, you know, we have a, a guest speaker and we just really just, you know, do something positive with our kids. And this entire cafetorium was packed. I mean, daddies, just a bunch of daddies. And it was just seeing all of that. I wanted to cry just to see. It was so beautiful and so wonderful. But, 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 but the speaker said something. That was so pressing. I said, I, and I know who he was. I know him personally. He's, he's a, uh, a, past, a staff pastor at a local church here. And he said something, and he says, create moments with your time. We all have the same 1,440 minutes in a day. But how many of those minutes are creating moments? And the difference is moments you remember. One of my favorite moments in my life was when I was a teenager. Many of you don't know this. I used to be a rapper. And I wasn't just like just a street rapper. I almost signed with Tommy Boy Records. I was that kind of rapper. I was good, in other words. When you get in front of Tommy Boy execs, I know they're no longer in existence, but some people who was on that label was naughty by nature, in case y'all didn't know. Right? I was going to be on there before them. But anyhow, long and short and other. Um, and my dad and I talk about this all the time. So I used to freestyle and beatbox, and we'd be walking through the streets in New York, and my father's always been my biggest fan, my biggest cheerleader. And so, uh, so I'm, I, you know, my little brother's got the beatbox for me, so we're just walking and rapping. And my father's just, you know, we're trying to get to the next destination. And so, my fa- you know, normally he doesn't pay attention. But all of a sudden, you know, I, I, I rap. Then uh, after I rap, I take the beatbox and pass the freestyle to my little brother. Then he rap and so forth and so on. My dad wouldn't participate. So then all of a sudden, Pop said, so uh, I pass the beatbox to my brother. Then my brother's going to pass it back to me. But then Pop says, whoa, hold up. Don't leave me out without a doubt. And he started flowing. I was like, oh. So he started rapping. It was like, oh. So we're literally at the 76, uh, I think it was 76th Street Station, we're rapping. You see this dad with his two young boys, and my pops is freestyling, and I'm beatboxing, and my brother's beatboxing, and so we're just passing it back and forth, and somebody jumps in, and that was one of my favorite moments. See, my dad could have used that time like he normally used that time, where he just listened to me and my brother do what kids do, but he says, you know what? I'm going to freestyle, and I was like, my dad is the coolest dad in the world. He could, and he was like decent, man. It was like, yo, he, he, he said some stuff. He was decent, you know, like he could flow a little bit. But that's a moment. That's a moment. 
this year, this is part of the year, my family and I sit down and we write our family goals together. And the goal is to create moments with our time. So we sit down and, 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 and I ask them, I says, well, when they write down, they go, well, why did you write that goal? And, you know, we have, it's broken down into sections. It's family, it's education, uh, it's spiritual, it's health and financial. The kids even have to have a financial goal every year. We have to, you know, what they want to save, what they want to give away, that type of thing. We do this every year in, in our family, um, those eight and older. And so, uh, so, uh, <laughs> so we sit there and, and Brooke and I were talking and uh, Brooke is by far the most intelligent kid in the house. Let me fix it. She's the most intelligent person in the house. She's got even Eric and I beat. She's just so mature and so wonderful. And so um, I, we sat there, and everybody had to pick out a family thing. I said, well, what do you all want to do, you know? Any you guys want to create any new family traditions or whatever? And so Brooke was like, we should do camping more. And I said, why? What was so, so, so fun about camping and she turned a minute into a moment. She was like, remember when we made s'mores, Daddy? And then you had, like, you, you were trying to do it, and you were making this face, and you were eating it. And G-Money was, Daryl was there. I'm sorry about that. And, uh, and, and you were getting chocolate all over your face. And she talked about Mr. Gerald being there. And she talked about Mr. Uh, uh, Mr. Brandon being there and how, how, how Mr. Brandon and Ja'Kai were breaking trees to get the wood. We didn't have a, an axe or whatever. And it was like a moment for her. And I was like, doggone it, I know I can't recreate that, but I can create more moments by going camping. She doesn't just remember me. She remembers everything. She remembers the sloppy and messiness of the s'more and how I burned my marshmallow, but I tried to pretend it was really good. No, it's supposed to be charred. That's, that's where the flavor is in the burn. I just messed up. And how we made breakfast in the morning. She, she remembers that and how Mr. Brandon and Ja'Kai were breaking trees. Or whatever. I mean, she remembers that. We created moments with our time. We could easily go and just go camp and I can sit there and say, y'all go play. She won't remember that. But we created moments. Watch this. Let me go a little bit deeper. You can also create moments with people that are not close to you. You can create moments for people that you don't even know, complete strangers. I got so many stories, but I love telling them. Y'all don't mind, do you? I remember I went to pick up Ja'Kai. Ja'Kai doesn't live with me full time, and I had Brooke in the car with me, and we grabbed Ja'Kai, and we were on 75, getting ready to get on 285, and I saw in my rearview mirror this truck, this semi-truck. And I, if you've been here for a while, you've heard this story probably. I saw this semi-truck coming, and, and I saw a van, and, you know, he was coming pretty fast, and bam, he hit somebody. And I saw this whole thing happen in my rearview mirror, and I'm always, listen, I see somebody on the side of the road, I pull over. I know that people rob people. I just take a chance. You know, God will protect me. Don't y'all be as brave as I am. I can't co-sign that. But anyway, uh, so I pull over and I want to see if everybody's all right because this passenger van was obviously like a camp or a Bible study group or something. So I'm concerned and the driver and so forth and so on. So with my time, I paused and, and checked on everybody and the people in the van were just shaking up a bit, but nobody was hurt. And, and the man in the truck was like just distraught. He was the one. He, he was like, oh, I'm going to lose my job. And da, 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 da. I didn't see this happening. And he was distraught and blah, 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 blah. I says, man, listen, you know, here, call me, man, if you need anything, man. Listen, I'm a pastor. How can I pray for you? He says, pastor, come to my truck and pray for me, please. Please, I don't want to lose my job because if right now, if it, it's the law. If it's my fault, my company will fire me. 
and I will have to pay any fines and any penalties. And so I prayed with him. I'm not making this up, I promise you. I prayed with him. He had my car, and it was like almost six or seven months later, and I get this random call, and he says, this is a very, very southern draw, you know, you know, older white guy. And he says, uh, is this the, he said, is this the preacher? And I says, yes, sir. Uh, which preacher? And he said, the preacher. I'm not the, but who are you looking for? And he says, uh, Mr. Santiago. I'm Mr. Santiago. How can I help you? And he says, listen, you probably don't remember, but I was on 75 going south, and I had an accident. And as soon as he said that, I says, yeah, I remember. He says, and uh, it got quiet, and I, and I hear it. He says, I just want to thank you. You know, and he's crying at this moment. He says, uh, your prayers made a difference. I didn't get any marks on my license. I kept my job. No points on me. Uh, it Because of traffic, I don't know the whole story, but anyway, he was not penalized at all. Why? Because I paused with my time and created a moment that mattered to him. Y'all don't have to clap for that. Y'all don't have to. Y'all don't have to. I know y'all still caught up in the moment of the story. The point that I'm trying to say is with your time, you need to create moments. Create moments at your church, within your family, and even with strangers create moments. My wife did something, and I'm going to move to the next point, which I love. When we did, we did a sermon together, and we talked about family. I think it was called Family Matters or Modern Family, one of those messages we did. And she talked about you have approximately 900, catch this, parents, you have approximately 936 weeks from the day a child is born until he or she graduates from high school, and the weeks move quickly. Doesn't that make a difference when you count that time? It's like, I only have 936 weeks from, from, from the time my child is born to create moments with my time, with my expecting parents, y'all catching that? From the time Andrew's born, you got 936 weeks before he graduates. That video was, was, was the illustration I used because it'll go by so fast, and I want to make sure that you are creating moments with your time, moments that they'll remember, moments where they'll be blessed, moments that, will, that they can use to bless others, moments with your children, 936 weeks before they graduate. And here's the thing. Watch this. You'll be in a hospital two or three days, right, some cases a week. You just lost a week. Now you got 935. Then you get them home and you're getting adjusted. 934. We keep on going. Time doesn't stop because you need it to. It's not supposed to. It keeps on moving. You've got to get in sync with God's timing. 936 weeks until your child goes on to high school. That's scary because here's what happened. I mean, graduation from high school. Here's what happened. Ja'Kai is going to high school next year. And I'm saying, whoa, 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 when did that happen? What did I miss? It happened so quick, just like that. And so now I'm really panicking because I'm like, so that means if he went from birth to get ready to go to high school that fast, college is going to come quicker, and I don't have the kind of money to pay. Yeah, it's scary right now. 
So me replacing that hubcap is going to have to even wait longer at this point. <laughs> Amen, somebody. Final point. Final point. Well, actually, let me share this scripture, Galatians 6, 9 and 10. So let's not allow ourselves to get fatigued in doing good. I want to stop right there. We can all get tired. Listen. Can I tell y'all? We've been doing this church planting thing for a long time. I'm not talking about just Mosaic. Courageous church. And I've been part of the setup crew since 2009. Two different church plants. But now I got to preach and drum on top of that. A brother's fatigued. Physically. But I'm not beat down spiritually. That's where my energy source comes from. Of knowing that once I get these curtains set up and once we get these chairs connected and once we put the flags outside and once we get the mics and stuff set up and once we get up here and do this and, and do all that we have to do, somebody's going to come through these doors, sit in these seats, hear a word from God, and their lives will be eternally transformed. Doggone it, that's so worth it to me. Yeah, I'm tired. But as soon as that person sends me that email, says, Pastor, man, your word, it, it was powerful. That was worth it. Let's do it again next week. I can't wait. I can't wait. It's so worth it. Let's not get tired. We still got a lot of work to do. Don't get to, no, no, not now, baby. Not now. You'll get a break. But just, just keep pushing. 2009, I've been a part of a setup crew. 2009. Since 2009. Now I preach and drum and set up. Mm, come on. Come on, y'all. We can do this. Let's, let's do it. It got, it got quiet. Hello, lights. Hello, lights. Projector, screen, hallelujah. Final point, live with the end in mind. Live with the end in mind. Yogi Berra, yeah, he's not a very religious person to quote, but I love what he says. If you don't know where you're going, you will end up somewhere else. Plain and simple. If you don't know where you're going, you will certainly end up somewhere else. And chances are somewhere else is not where you had planned on being. And now you've got to backtrack, recalibrate, and get back on track. If you don't know where you're going, you'll end up somewhere else. Begin with the end in mind. Many great writers write some of the most wonderful stories you've ever read. Many great producers and movie script writers, they start with the ending. And then these movies go on to win all type of awards. They start with the end in mind. Uh, I, I was blessed to be a part of a movie that won several Emmys, and I actually put music to it. And, and, and the beauty is, is, is that it's personal to me because it's a story of my own family called Lackawanna Blues. And, and, and it started with where my dad is today. Now, how did I get to become Ruben Santiago Hudson? acclaimed Tony Award-winning actor, acclaimed award-winning writer and producer. How did I get here? He started the story of Lackawanna Blues with his endgame, and then he told how he got there. And if you begin to look at your life at the end of the day, 
and say, you know what, on my tombstone, it's the year I was born and the year I departed. Have I made a lot of use of the dash? Have I used my time well to create moments? What is my legacy? How will they know me? Will, I, will they know me as a grumpy, grouchy, stingy person? Or will they say, you know what, doggone it, Melvin would give you the shirt off of his very own back today if you needed it. I'm not saying that. Don't, don't ask the man for it. His wife is here. All right? Don't do that. All right? But I'm serious. Will they know you as a giving person that would give everything? Will they know you as a person that was full of wisdom, full of life, full of love, full of joy? Will they, how will people know you? Will they know you by, by your good deeds? Will they know that you were a faithful person? Will, how will people know you? Draw that picture first. But seek God on that. God, what is my purpose? I promise you, I did not expect it anywhere on my obituary that someday they will call me pastor. Never in a million years. When I die, it will be pastor on there. Never thought that would be part of my resume. Never thought that would be part of my obituary. Never thought that would be part of my biography, which will be award-winning, by the way. Well, uh, never thought it would be part of my memoirs. But I'm not releasing it till I'm dead because I don't want y'all judging me. I got some, some deep stuff in there. You can write movies. I've already given the rights to Brandon. All right? See him afterward. <laughs> but <laughs> I never thought Pastor would ever be on there. And here's the here's 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 other part. I'm wondering what else is he going to put on there? What else will they know me for? What else? What, what will they know you for? What will your end game look like? Huh? When the credits roll up, how will it end? Will they leave sad? Will they leave like, oh, thank God I was wondering when this person was going to pass. Will they be fighting over money that you didn't leave them? That you left your, your pet Fifi? All right, that's another story. Honestly, how will they leave? Here it is. Watch this. Live with the end in mind. Be intentional about the time you spend. Turn your minutes into moments. Count your minutes. Galatians 4, Galatians 6, 4, 5. Make a careful exploration of who you are and the work you have been given. And then, watch this, sink yourself into that. I love that part. Make a careful exploration of who you are and the work that you have been given, not by your employer, not by your pastor, not by your family, but by God. Make a careful exploration of what God has called you to do and then sink yourself into that. Give your life's blood for that thing and that thing only. Don't be impressed by yourself. In other words, don't pat yourself on the shoulder or on the back or give yourself high five and dap for that. That that belongs to God. Don't compare yourselves to others. Each of you must take responsibility for doing the creative. Woo, I love that word. The creative best you can with your own life in other words god is saying in order to accomplish what i have set out for you doggone it you might have to be a little bit creative you might have to step outside the box in order to do what i've called for you to do in order for you to live a life that i've planned for you you may have to do some things you didn't know that i had already equipped you to do you've got to use your creative thing to live the life that god has given you 
But it starts with making your minutes count, turning your minutes into moments, and living with the end in mind. Wow, that's good. And it's a perfect way to end this year. How will 2015 end? How will 2016 end? How about 2020? How will that look for me? I'm sitting down with my mentors right now, and then I'm closing right here. I'm sitting down with my mentors right now, working on a five-year goal plan. And I had a professional come and sit with me while I did that with them. And he says, you know what, Broderick, I just got to tell you, what you're giving these middle schoolers, I charge people two, 250 bucks an hour to do. Grown people, corporate people, setting goals. And you are doing this in middle school for them. You are planting a seed in the right season. Ooh, that's good. That's good. I'm preaching this word. You are planting the right seed in the right season. So five years from now, when these middle schoolers get ready to graduate high school, they will have a plan defined on what they want. Listen, the goals that I'm setting for them includes uh, uh, the salary that they want to get. The goals that we're working on right now includes the school that they want to go to. The goals that we're working on right now, I'm showing them what the median salary salary is in Georgia and comparing it to the nation, showing them that, well, if you stay in Georgia, you make this much, but if you want to make more, go live here. Showing them where that particular career thing that they want to do, where it is popular at. I'm showing middle schoolers this now. I'm not trying to take credit for it, but what I'm telling you is I'm planting the right seed in the right season so that five years from now, they'll be there. And, and if you all want that information, it's free. I'll give it to you as well. Because I want to make sure you all do the same thing. Amen. Was that good today, y'all? Was that good? Turn your minutes into moments. Thank you for joining us today. Our prayer is that Pastor B said something that moves you closer to Jesus. If you enjoyed listening to our podcast, we would like to invite you to follow us on social media at Mosaic Mableton and visit us on our website at wearemosaicchurch.org. You can learn more information about our church, ways to support our ministry through financial donations, stay updated on upcoming events, and find resources to support your spiritual journey. We would be delighted to welcome you in person on Sunday mornings to worship and connect with others. Our doors are always open to those seeking a place to grow and explore their faith. Thanks for tuning in and may God bless you on your spiritual journey.